Investors are hoping the markets continue last week's upward trend. Plus, why are some hoping for a tame jobs report this coming Friday? And why federal lawmakers think Social Security recipients take their benefits early simply because they're confused. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Market Moment. I'm Lee Mackey here with Eli Freeman and David Lee. The market's starting the week on a positive note at the time of this recording, but that could all change by later this week on Friday when the February jobs report comes out. The January report shows 517,000 jobs were added. Economists expected less than half that. Job growth had been on the decline towards the end of 2022. Job growth in 22 was the second highest in 40 years with the highest being the year before in 2021. So guys, we got a big week um, as far as the Fed goes, as far as some of the reports that are coming out. It's not as busy of a week, but we got a big report coming out on Friday that mm-hmm. could kind of give us a, a, a preview of what the Fed's thinking um, mm-hmm. as they head into their next session. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, th- this to me seems like another example of bad news is good news, where if they come out and say that job growth is performed poorly, that's good news for the market because the market will expect that because job growth is declining or we're not seeing as much job growth as we have in the past, then possibly inflation will start to, to tame down. So I remember I was at breakfast. This was this probably was four or five months ago, and a notification popped up on my phone, and I, it was one of the economic indicators, one of the primary, something like job growth. And I thought, man, that's that's awesome news. And I didn't look at the futures that day. And I walked into the office and checked the futures for the market, and it was tanking. And the reason was it was good economic data, but the market was thinking, well, that's going to cause more inflation. So I would think that something like this is bad news is good news yet again. Yeah. You know, and and I think that from the market standpoint, we are hoping that the job numbers come in as expected or below. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's beginning for there to be this undercurrent of – it may come in hotter than expected, which if history tells you anything that if we get a, a hot jobs number, then, you know, you're going to, as you said, futures may be down. Mm-hmm. The market may sell off because the thinking is continued strong consumer spending with a stronger than average job market. The Fed is going to be forced, in their opinion, to continue tightening and raising mm-hmm. interest rates. Mm-hmm. Fed officials said last Thursday, recent data suggests consumer spending isn't slowing that much and the labor market continues to remain hot. He went on to say that if reports continue to come in too hot, the target range for rates will go up to ensure that they do not lose momentum from 2022. So there's two kind of sides to this. One is the labor market. Another is consumer spending. 
you know, consumer spending has remained very strong throughout this entire last, you know, 18 months or so. Um, what, do, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Consumer spending remaining hot. Yeah. There's several, <laughs> on top of the two different sides that you talked about, Lee, there's even more sides to this to this coin. Because one, consumer spending is, has stayed strong. However, if you look at credit card debt in our nation, credit card debt has also been going up rapidly, especially in the last six months or so. And that's to be expected because if you go to the store and have to spend $10 on eggs and milk, you would expect that especially people in the lower income brackets to have to start leveraging themselves a little bit, which is a horrible thing for for them. But it's showing that people aren't really able to keep up with the spending that they need right now. That's one side of it. The other side is incomes are higher than they've ever been. And 30% of the nation that's on social security just got an 8% raise, yeah. which is a huge raise for sure. 30% yeah. of our country. Yeah, that that alone, uh, I think that's a great observation, Eli, about social security. Um, <clears throat> that alone obviously adds, I don't know, untold millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars to consumer spending every year just from social security alone. And, you know, in the United States, roughly 70% of our GDP comes from consumer spending. So, if you've got, you know, that much more spending happening due to raises in Social Security, that's going to keep the economy growing. But the drawback to that is what we've just been talking about. It's also going to keep inflation hotter mm-hmm. than what the Fed is hoping for, which is going to uh, potentially cause them to, to raise rates. And so it'll be interesting to see how it all, you know, what the Fed, where the Fed comes down on this. Yeah. Um, a recent quote from Christopher Waller, one of the Fed governors, Recent data suggests that consumer spending isn't slowing that much at all, that the labor market continues to run unsustainably hot, and that inflation is not coming down as fast as they once thought. If those data reports continue to come in too hot, the policy target range will have to be raised this year even more to ensure that we do not lose the momentum that was in place before the data for January were released. Another interesting um, tidbit, later on this week, midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think, Chairman Powell gives his quarterly testimony before Congress. And so that'll be interesting to see if any part of his prepared remarks change. But I imagine he's going to reiterate that they remain 100% focused Mm -hmm. on bringing down inflation to their target of 2%, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be a couple years before we get to that point. But, you know, they, they feel like their, their mandate is get inflation under control. And right now, as much as it is coming down, I don't feel like they feel like it's under control. Mm-hmm. If I if I were a predicting man, which someone's going to come back to this podcast in, <laughs> in two years and, yeah. and put it in my face. But yeah. if I were a predicting man, we're talking about inflation right now. And then in one, two, three years, the Fed will now be talking about unemployment because yeah. it's going to switch from them tightening these monetary policies to now where's unemployment because the fed if you'll remember has dual two, mandate. Sure. a dual sure. mandate which is keep employment at a high level and keep inflation at two percent yeah and so once they tame this inflation what is it going to look like from i don't know yeah but i would think that's where we start moving forward to in a couple of years and i think we all need to keep in mind that the the fed has less than a stellar track record at achieving you know their their objectives and doing it in a way where they, um, you know, achieve the soft landing. You know, we all hear, keep hearing about a soft landing, right? Mm-hmm. Which means they, it's kind of the Goldilocks thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where inflation's neither too hot nor too cold. It's just right. <laughs> right? It's it's virtually impossible for them to do that. 
Uh, and if they get it right, I would suggest that it's more based on luck than the Fed being, you know, full of wisdom and insight, right? They like to think that that's who they are, but but that's just not true. Reagan, Reagan talked about how foolish it was to believe that we can control the economy. He said, you can't control the economy without controlling people. Yeah. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if we do indeed achieve the soft landing. My bet, if I was a betting man, to you, you talk about what you just raised there, I would bet not based on their history. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it will be interesting to see the last week or so I have heard more talk about a possible soft landing than in the previous oh. six to nine months, simply because everybody was kind of beginning to think, okay, maybe we're going to skirt through this and maybe we do, but I agree with David. Mm -hmm. If, if it happens, I think it's going to be sheer luck, but I think too, I think the strength of the consumer will be the reason it's a soft landing. It, it won't be because anything the Fed has or has not done. I think it'll be the consumer came into this so strong that they helped weather the storm. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, changing topics slightly. Uh, most Americans take their Social Security benefit before full retirement age. And now a group of bipartisan centers believe it is all due to confusion. They released a letter along with legislation on Monday. The claim is that Americans are confused about their options and that the Social Security Administration needs to do a better job of communicating the options to the general public. Senators say terms like early eligibility age, full retirement age, and delayed retirement credits are confusing. And I might agree to some that are not used to hearing those every day. They recommend choices be something like minimum benefit age or standard benefit age and maximum benefit age would make a little bit more sense. And finally, the legislation that they are pushing brings back paper statements that are totally redesigned to give everyone in the workforce updates of their options at least every five years and annually once they hit 60. Guys, your thoughts on possible changes to Social Security? Yeah, I think I think there's some wisdom. And I, you know, you, you just said while he was reading that, that you agreed, uh, you both agreed that the terms are confusing. Um, and, you know, you could always argue over what terms might be better. You mentioned, you know, they're talking about early eligibility age or full retirement age, or, um, or I'm sorry, uh, minimum benefit age, standard benefit age, and maximum benefit age. I would think something like um, reduced benefit age full benefit age and, I don't know, bonus benefit age or something <laughs> like that might be more relatable. Make it more incentivized yeah. to wait till 70. Yeah. yeah. It, I would agree that it, Social Security is highly confusing. If you look at the rules around Social Security, it's pages and pages and pages. And to summarize that, if you are just a consumer that only has to turn Social Security on once, that's hard. Yeah. That's extremely difficult to understand. And so, yeah, it them putting out literature, uh, instructing people in a better way, a more informative way. I'm all for that. Yeah. Having people make more wise decisions with their money. Who, I mean, who can be against that? You know, and we've seen this in other parts of, you know, the the economy or investments. You know, we're always trying to make investment language clear, you know, annuity language clear. And so I don't see why Social Security, which affects literally every American, um, should be any different. So making it more understandable, that's not that's not a mm -hmm. bad thing. Um, any final comments we want to add before we sign off of this week's podcast? It's it's springtime, and in Arkansas, you know that means getting out, golfing, biking, hiking. hiking. It means that 
basketball tournaments are right around the corner. You know, it's uh, it's almost March Madness time. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a lot of people sharpening their pencils and and starting to do a little research. I'm I'm sharpening my eraser. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. You know some people like my wife pick their selections based on the color of the uniforms or <laughs> or uh, like this mascot over another. And most of the time. They fare better than I do. So um, anyway, any parting comments, guys? Yeah, I, um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. We, uh, As I was driving over the weekend, it was just beautiful weather outside, and I drove up to Bella Vista to look at the old office, and I saw the golf course just full of golfers. Uh, so that was that was good to see. I'm, I think we're all ready for spring to get mm-hmm. here. I think most of us have cabin fever and are ready to – get back out and enjoy the great outdoors. And I am also looking forward to March Madness. It, it will It'll be, be interesting nice. to see how the Razorbacks do. They've had kind of a overall, I would say, disappointing season, but who knows, maybe they'll. It's a new season. That's right. Maybe it they'll, is a new uh, season. Maybe they'll turn it around in the tournament. We'll see. Well, Let's as, hope. I know, as we said last week, uh, we are excited to be in our new offices. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been in there. I think we're starting our fourth week now. Um, so on this podcast, some of you may have heard con- the continuing sounds of construction on of the new space to our north. So mm-hmm. if you did, and we apologize for that, but we always like to leave you with a positive quote to end the session. And let's talk about this one. This is from Francesca Riegler. Happiness is an attitude. We either make ourselves miserable or happy and strong. The amount of work is just the same. And I would honestly say that it's probably more work to make yourself more miserable. Oh, yeah. They talk about how you, you use more face muscles to frown than you do to smile. So this is a week to be positive, to be happy, to go out and make a difference in somebody else's life. Until next week, we hope you enjoyed this session of The Market Moment. Have a great week. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.